0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, uh, the one, the only, Mr. Akshas Dovadula. Akshas, I have I have one very important question for you. Um, if If you only make one mistake at your job throughout the entirety of the day, is that good, or is that, like, really good?
1: That is... <laughs> That is almost perfect, and and given what I do, (laughs) I would gladly take one mistake
0: mistake a day, so, you know,
1: any time I can bat 500, I'm happy, so,
0: one mistake, I'll take that. All right, cool, (laughs) we'll get more into into that someday, I don't (laughs) know. That did not go where I was thinking it was going to go, but nonetheless, um, I of course am referring to uh, Brock Purdy, and we'll talk about those numbers. There's there's a whole lot that that has come out of this uh, this game. Um, Akshay, as I should ask are, are you everything good. Like I usually ask, I threw you a little curveball there with that one.
1: You know, I was I can't say I was expecting. I was actually going to talk about how all my bets flopped this oh. week for the first <laughs> time, and I was I was so disappointed. Because I had a couple, I had the Bears and the Panthers. And I was so excited for like ninety-five percent of the morning, but then that all came
0: crashing mm. down. But you know, I'm sorry to hear about goes. that. We we yeah, we, we got to talk to the fan <laughs> side of people, see if we can get like a like Oksa's betting corner, <laughs> like the, the beginning <laughs> of each podcast. Can we just get like somebody to 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 spend you know put a, throw a little a little cash our way? We'll. We'll mention them each time we'll be like this is akshaz's betting corner brought to you by whoever it is that wants to pay for it um so you know folks if at fansided if you're if you're listening to this please please feel free to work that out for us I, I think Akshaz will be happy to, to do that for us um anyway so <laughs> there you go we're <laughs> off to a good start uh so the Niners are four0 they're one of the only four they're one of two four0 teams in the league uh them and the Philadelphia Eagles who I've I think it's safe to say gotten to four and O in a quite different uh, fashion than the 49ers have um, by nature of the fact that they could probably very well be two and two uh, at this point without really anybody batting an eye, maybe even one and three. I don't, I'm trying to remember their other games, but definitely they could have lost on Sunday to the commanders. Um, I don't know. One of their other games was pretty close and they were, it was right up against it as well. So they've been playing a different brand of, of, of ball, but uh, the 49ers get to four and O Scoring 30 points, 30 plus points, I should say. For the, That would have been wild if it was 30 exactly again. Uh, for the fourth straight game, this actually is a number that is seven consecutive regular season going, games going back to week 16 of the regular season last year. That's regular season games. Obviously, they didn't score um, 30 points in consecutive games in the playoffs for obvious reasons. Um, that is so. So this is when we get into like really good stuff. There's a lot of like NFL and franchise marks that they've set with with this game on sunday um that is the longest such streak since the merger in 1970 seven straight and uh regular season games with 30 or more points that's a long time man for no team to score 30 plus points um so they have a a chance to to increase that in the, the game that's coming up but seven regular season games in a row scoring 30 or more points is insane um, beat the Cardinals 35 to 16. This is also the first time in franchise history that the, the the 49ers have started the season with four such games of 30 points or more. And given the fact that the number was only seven uh, games in a row, that's actually not terribly surprising. Uh, this is also the fifth time in franchise history that they've started 4 and 0 as a team. That number seems low to to that seem number seem limited. It seem, does that seem low to you? I don't, I don't know why.
1: That seems a little surprising, but. You know, it makes sense that they might have dropped a game or two in the heyday. You know, you can't be perfect every year, but right. fifth time, especially because one of those times was 2019, too. So. <laughs> right.
0: It's happened twice in
1: yeah.
0: five years. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's yeah, a little surprising. Crazy. Yeah I was I was surprised by that number as well um but that came up uh, thanks to my doing uh 49ers team trivia on their app this afternoon so thanks guys for that. Um couple more numbers to look at and then we'll get into the the game itself. Christian Christian McCaffrey of course breaks Jerry Rice's franchise record by scoring at least one touchdown in now 13 straight games. That does include, include the playoffs if I if I'm not mistaken. Uh so he's scored in Every game, pretty much, I think since he's been a 49er, if I'm not mistaken, um, Did maybe not counting the, the not Rams- the Chiefs game, Rams- I don't there, think. Yeah. Um, so really, one, every game that he's played as like a starting like focal point of the offense, I'm pretty sure he scored a touchdown. Because I think that number would be right. Um, I I don't know, it might be less than that, but it's it's been 13 straight games, which again breaks Jerry Rice's record. Um, that's wild to me. He of course scored four times on this. Uh, on this particular game, and had a had a early in the game, had an it looked like he had an outside chance of of tying the the NFL record for touchdowns in a game, and then that sort of dissipated. But nonetheless, um, Brock Purdy, who we will talk about, who we kind of alluded to already, sets the franchise record for completion percentage in a single game with at least 20 pass attempts, going 20 for 21, on uh, in the victory over <laughs> the Cardinals. Um, final line there. Uh, For Purdy, 20 for 21, 283 yards, one touchdown, uh, was sacked once, and a quarterback rating of 134.6. Not too bad, not too bad, if I have to say so myself. Akshay, thoughts about all those, just this record-breaking start to the 49ers season?
1: Okay, so first thing, let me get the negativity out of the way. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of stats that carry over from seasons.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. To sure. me,
1: that's always been like, yeah, like I don't know. I've never like cared too much about him, But beyond that, this is like insane. Like what has happened with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey has been a type of offensive efficiency that is basically unfathomable and. One thing, and we'll get into this as we talk about the Cardinals game in particular, is the Niners are sort of unlocking shot plays as well in this offense. And now it's really a question of, you know, everyone was super into the Dolphins and how explosive they look. But the 49ers, even if statistically they might not be the number one offense in the NFL, are the number one offense in the NFL. And it's all because it kind of feels like they can line up and get five yards. Whenever they want, like if they just decide, screw it. I just want to get five yards on a play. There's something, and it's going to work out barring like a huge mistake. I mean, Purdy's game, the most accurate game in franchise history with 20 or more pass attempts. That's insane. When you think about the players, the 49ers have had, and then McCaffrey with four touchdowns. The only reason he didn't get more is because Shanahan didn't run him in near the goal line and said got to sneak the ball in and they were just so good at offense. Like they didn't have a lot of possessions. They played offensively so well when they got the ball, it would be seven minutes. The Cardinals wouldn't know what hit him. You get a touchdown and boom, just suffocated the game yeah. there. Um, I will talk about this obviously. On, well, we record on Thursday. So, all of you listening on Friday when you hear our preview pod, but the Cowboys game is going to be so much fun just because it's the first time you can really look at a team and say, wow, can they actually stop this efficiency? But yeah. So it's, it's like the most beautiful thing to watch in football right now. I'd say.
0: Yeah. Well, and the thing that you're alluding to well, two things there um, the big thing with the, with the Purdy the, the completion percentage being what it was I think his average depth depth of target on his throws was something like either at or over 10 yards per per throw um, now some of that is is elevated by some of like the long passes to Ayuk and all that kind of stuff pushes that number a lot higher because that ball traveled a long way in the air for example but it wasn't like he was dinking and dunking his way down the field all 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 the the entire game and some of them are really difficult throws like the throw to McCaffrey that set up Um, one of the touchdowns early in the game where he had to just sort of ping it in there. Um, just absolutely like, (laughs) like when he threw it, I was like, Oh no, what does he do? Okay. (laughs) Like that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, he was making some throws. So I think that it's, it's again, people can, can make, make all the big deal out of that, those things that they want. But I think that has to be said, the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't just like throwing little two yard tosses down the field. He was on occasion, but he was also putting in the air and that sort of thing. And then the other thing is the efficiency of the offense that, that you're referring to. Um, other than the two drives that they had to end the half, both of which were kneel downs to end uh, both the first and second half. Uh, six drives, five touchdowns. <laughs> um, and only one of those drives was less than three minutes. Uh, 416 to start the game, 509 um, to, uh, on the second drive, 252 on the third uh, 450 on drive number six. Um, that was at the beginning of the th- or the middle of the third quarter, and then uh, 714 to ice the game and score the last touchdown. Um, so super impressive stuff for sure. Um, all right, has any any just sort of other general thoughts, that things that we like about about uh, um, about the game or anything like that before we get into the the sort of uh, nitty gritty here.
1: Honestly, like, so we were talking a little about this off the air. I figured I'd bring it up now is it's interesting how the 49ers are being played as like a team and this will play into like the goods and bads, but it's been Thursday night against the giants. You know, the giants walked out with a very conservative game plan designed essentially to make sure the 49ers couldn't beat them. And then the Cardinals really felt like they did the same thing and kind of got only difference was they got a couple shot plays to work out and then let them go but it was balls out quick lots of quick plays just like the defensive stats might not look so good and the defense might look like the unit that's really struggling to start the year and I mean they are relatively Mm -hmm. the offense of course but like they're legitimately changing the way teams are playing on offense by just being there and that's that's putting the 49ers at a huge advantage before a snap is even like on the ground. it's it's insane. So I yeah. mean that's just like a little context for us talking about some of the things going on the Cardinals game
0: for sure. um, yeah, I think that's that's all good. All right. um, one little side question before we uh, <laughs> before we get into this. Um, can Christian McCaffrey legitimately legitimately win the MVP of the NFL? Or is that probably asking a lot given the quarterbacks that play in this league?
1: So I've been thinking about this actually. And um, I think he's offensive player of the year. If he, if he keeps up this pace, that's <laughs> well, yeah, sure he's going to score like
0: 30 touchdowns.
1: Yeah. I think offensive player of the, the year is his for sure. On top of that, I think it's really going to have to be narratively focused. I think that's the issue. Is first of all, if he gets over two thousand yards, that's a huge plus. Mm-hmm. If he somehow, I don't know how this would happen. If he somehow can also get what would essentially be a two thousand one thousand season, <laughs> and I think it would be his. But that would be probably the greatest season by a non-quarterback like ever. So yeah. I just think it's hard it helps that people don't think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback yet because someone has to be responsible so they say it's McCaffrey but it hurts because I think the efficiency in which the 49ers offense is running makes it feel like a oh everyone is really good here and you can like spread the wealth out a lot and the thing about a quarterback is if Brock Purdy was three inches taller and had a cannon arm he'd be and was drafted in the first round he'd be the MVP favorite right now because you like to think that the quarterback is the focal point that makes everything work so I think that's a hard thing to beat narrative wise if anyone can do it it's him I don't think a wide receiver could ever win MVP so it has to be a running back and the only like two I can think of that are good enough and played an important enough role for their teams are McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. So right. we'll see. Yeah. I think yeah. if, heavens forbid, and I don't like that. Don't, I'm don't, even gonna, okay, don't. so.
0: We know what you're going to say. You don't need to say Yeah, you everyone who
1: yeah, yeah. can read between the lines, if that yeah. happens mm-hmm. and they still keep up this pace, then I think it's his award for sure. But since that won't happen, I don't know. I, so, I'd right. probably expect either Josh Allen or to uh to come away with it i think people really like quarterbacks who are yeah. kind of leading
0: their team forward good yeah yeah um just a, this is just a side thought um i'm I'm thinking about speaking of betting like maybe throw like 20 bucks on it because if on the off chance he did the 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 odds are probably good enough at this point that you'd make a little money just for the record based on his current yards per game averages he would finish with about 1950 yards rushing and about 600 yards passing which would not be 2000 1000 would be pretty pretty darn good though man uh 2500 all-purpose yards yeah that'd be that'd be all right um yeah, and like I said, he's uh, already scored six um, just seven touchdowns, but still that's a lot. all right. um, so let's uh, let's get into this uh, as we often as we do every week uh, when we talk about uh, the game, um, things we liked, things we didn't like, one up, one down. Um i will go to you because there's just there's just just a plethora of directions let's get go, and I'm just curious to see as the first person which one you're gonna take.
1: So I'm gonna. Go a little bit, I think, to left field here. The thing I liked about this game is that I like the fact that Devo Samuel and George Kittle combined for one reception for nine yards, and the 49ers still put up 35 points. Because (laughs) I think that so there are a trillion things I could say. I could talk about McCaffrey having four touchdowns, Purdy being like basically perfect, iuk's monster game, and all those things are true but what made this game so interesting to me and i think most importantly so like important for their future is that samuel clearly wasn't 100% and was not in the game plan at all Joan jennings who's their typical third down receiver was out and kittle had one catch on fourth down but otherwise was mostly just used as a blocker and the 49ers still i mean put up 35 points they had around 208. They had 283 yards passing, and I mean, yeah, was it just Ayuk and McCaffrey who basically did all the damage? Yes, but that's in like if you take a step back and you just think about that, that is the most absurd luxury in the world that the 49ers like two all pros. Combined for less than 10 receiving yards, less than 20 yards from scrimmage total, Samuel had three rushing attempts for six yards. And they won by 19 points (laughs) with their offense scoring five touchdowns on six drives. And I mean, just like, just a week or two ago, you saw Debo Samuel have a monster performance against the Giants with 129 yards and a touchdown. You had George Kittle who had, I think, 90 yards against the Giants. And it's just, these guys are like, these guys are better football players than most other like players in the NFL. At their position, I mean, Kittle's probably the second best tight end. And Samuels definitely are incredibly talented Wide receiver who's in that like fringe upper echelon of elite receivers, and they can be the most like byproduct y, marginalized players on this team sometimes. And if that doesn't excite you about playing a team like the Cowboys or playing a team like the Eagles or in the Super Bowl or like in any high stakes environment where you can turn and say, wow, Christian's not having a great day, Ayuk's not really getting open. Let's just turn to our game-breaking tight end. He's pretty good. Maybe he can make something (laughs) happen. And I think, like, the Cardinals' defense is not great, but they're not bad. They, what's it called? They held up pretty well against the Cowboys, especially in the red zone. And the 49ers just never really were threatened, despite the fact that two of their best players were afterthoughts. And if you, like, project this team forward, if everyone is clicking the ball can only go around to so many players. So you're never going to have a game where all four of them have a hundred like scrimmage yards, because that would be, <laughs> and that would, that would be like Dolphins Broncos basically, but they're, um, they're in good hands with this offensive set right now. So
0: yeah, that's a little,
1: little out there, but that's what, that's what I was feeling.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a good observation. And I think that's, There seems to be a conversation a lot about like, oh, yeah, they're averaging whatever, 32 points a game or whatever the number is um, so far this season. I was 31.3. I was almost right. Uh, (laughs) Points so far this season. Uh, And and yet there's still this thought that they haven't reached their pinnacle yet, that they have that they're leaving meat on the bones now it's hard to say that in this particular game because the cardinals definitely played like ball control um and they just they they played ball control and were not super successful at it um and so you can't it's hard to look at this particular game and go oh they left some they left some meat on the bone like dude they scored every time pretty much they had the ball (laughs) except for the one that one drive where they had to punt the punt like okay yeah maybe they left three more points or another touchdown on there but i don't know i if they another touchdown on that first drive do they probably score another touchdown later in the game who's to say uh because the timing wouldn't work out I don't know but but the fact that that people can look at this and go oh well they're still kind of figuring this thing out they're still working through it and part of that is how do we get Kittle more involved how do we figure out a way for other people to to get involved in this game I mean I think it's pretty clear that it's McCaffrey and as your top guys but once Evo's back to full health, and once you and, and and that sort of thing. And as you say, and we've said it already many times already with this with this team, you can't stop them all. And there's a pretty good chance that you're going to, even if you figure out a way to bottle up McCaffrey, that you're gonna that that's gonna open it up for somebody else. Um, and figuring out how to stop them. And and plus, you know, we had they had some other guys show up. I mean, they only had what 22 drop dropbacks the whole game, so it's not like they were like chucking it around all the whole time, but you know, um, you know, Kyle Usechek had a had a catch, um, Willie Snead had a catch, Ronnie Bell had a catch, Raymond McLeod had two catches, um, Jordan Ma- Jordan Mason had a nice a nice catch. That was that was nice to see. Um, so the, the other guys are getting the ball and they're spreading it around when when the opportunities come, and those guys have got to be available when when everybody goes. Okay, well McCaffrey's killing us and Ayuk is killing us and. And everybody's killing us. All right, let's just clamp down on them. And OK, well, fine. Those other guys can get the ball, too. So um, I think that's a really good observation. Um, I am going to also I mean, we can we we can talk all day and all night about how great Christian McCaffrey was and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I I just liked Brandon. And I coming back and being like, well, I missed a week, but it wasn't. It was like I didn't miss a week. Like he looked great. Um, six catches, 148 yards. Um, including a 42-yard long on a just absolute spectacular throw and catch. But um, my favorite throw and catch was the back shoulder one um, that he caught. I think it was a third down um, and pretty long, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if you remember the one I'm talking about. Uh, it was later in the game, um, and it was pretty good right on him. And and I don't know how he caught it. Like, I managed to, to sort of catch it like below his waist or right at his waist and and managed to get two feet down and get the first down. And I mean, he just, he just looks fantastic. And I I, I'm, I'm like more and more impressed with him every time that, that he throws the ball, um, or that he catches the ball. He seems to just, just know what to do. (laughs) And it's just really incredible. And his, his, his body control is, is fantastic. And, um, as you said, Devo Samuel is who he is, and George Kittle is who he is, and Christian McCaffrey is who he is. But, and they're all sort of like freaks of nature in their own way, right? Um, but Ayuk is definitely the standout. as like if you had to go, okay, who's the like number one wide receiver on this team? I think it's hard to make an argument that against it being Brandon Ayuk at this point. Which just, of course, means we are going to do this contract thing again at the end of next season. But, but you know, these are good problems to have. Is you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Absolutely. I mean, he, he makes it look effortless. That's the thing about think that kind of differentiates him from, I'd say, Devo or Kittle is he just wins cleanly. I think what – so George Kittle is not, like, a great route runner. That's kind of like it's – not it's not like a knock per se, but he's just not, like, pristine with his routes as opposed to like Travis Kelsey is probably the standard for tight end route running. And Samuel is kind of the same thing. These guys win off their like sheer, like inability to be tackled, but I, could just beats man coverage. He runs perfect routes. He has crazy long arms. So he manages to kind of get every ball thrown his way. And he's finally gotten the concentration down. So I think everything kind of is working together. So it's super, it's super cool. You, the contract is going to be interesting because I think he, if we think about like Devo's contract being complicated because he had just come off being used as a running back as well. Ayuk's contract will be simpler because he's just a receiver, but harder because he is by the end of this year, will almost assuredly be considered a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I think he's there already, but he's, um he's the elite of the elite.
0: Yeah, um, th- this is a complete side note. I don't know if you, I, if you saw this, but I saw something. Uh, apparently, the Carolina Panthers still think that they're like a, a team that needs to like find a number one wide receiver, and so they're they're talking about, oh, we're going to make a trade, even though they're zero and four. I don't know why they think that's going to make that big of a difference. And somebody was talking about how they want to get a get ahead of it and get a trade out. And somebody, for some reason, decided I don't remember who this was. This is completely. I could probably find it, but it's not. The names are not important, other than to mention that whoever this person was noted that Brandon is in a is in a contract year, so maybe the the Panthers could go out and get him. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm, sure.
1: If they so, (laughs) if they still had their pick and they traded it, and the Niners could draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. Yep. Plus, you add extra stuff, then maybe, then maybe. Maybe.
0: Yeah, but they don't have a first round pick for.
1: Yeah, not happening. Not yeah happy.
0: it start it starts there and and maybe yeah because yeah I mean, I mean they're they're not unfortunately the bears are a thing so they currently own the first two picks in the draft uh oh, poor bears um but that would be yeah that would be the only way that that would be a starting conversation but i just that's that's we're not gonna get into that now but that was just something i saw and i, was, I just kind of rolled my eyes i'm like okay But also the Panthers are not a number one receiver away from like being in contention, even in that division. That's kind of like a little shaky at the moment. Um, All right. So let's uh, let's get into the the things we didn't like about this game. So Akshay, you're down for this one.
1: Okay, so uh, one quick one that I'm just going to say, because I don't know when else I'll say it. I am so done with Jake Moody kicking the ball out of bounds. (laughs) It happened twice. And that's two more times than it should happen in an NFL season. And I like one Jeremy, one of our fellow contributors, message, and he was like, you know, it's rookie pains. And I get that. And I know this is what people are going to say, but no, that's not, that doesn't make sense. You can't have rookie pains about taking the ball like straight. That's your job. So. Yeah. That annoyed me. That annoyed me a lot. Well, and
0: it's more annoying because the rookie pains don't like he's made every like literally everything else that he's done has been good. Like he's made all of his extra points, all his field goals. Like we have nothing bad to say about the fact that he's he's just doing what he's supposed to do. And then and then these like kicks out of bounds. It's like come on, man.
1: (laughs) I I don't get it. I literally I have I don't understand it at all. And I I've realized that. This is just a team that will spend a third-round pick on a kicker, and then not get frustrated at him kicking the ball out of bounds. So I've resigned myself well, to it a
0: little bit. It's also a luxury that, and this is a weird way to phrase it, like they can kind of get away with it. Like they gave up a field goal on on the drive where that happened, and I don't remember what or in this game I don't remember what happened in the other one. I'd have to look through it and see, but probably didn't give up that many points off of it because not, they have not been scored a lot of points on this season. Um, so, so far it hasn't like come back to like really bite them. And so, but it is something to like sort of watch out for. Cause like a, a better team may be more likely to take advantage of a shorter field. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so I think get, getting into like what I didn't like in general, that's a great segue actually, because they're, they're winning by so many points. Like, They're dominating the Giants and the Cardinals, but it's like for this team, and it's kind of crazy to say this at week four, this entire regular season is all about getting the number one overall seed. That way everyone has to come to Levi's and staying healthy and figuring out how to win in the playoffs. That's it. There's nothing else that matters. It doesn't matter how or where you win, just making sure you build the right habits and with that in mind i would have to say that i found the 49ers defense to be a little a little frustrating i think it's this is a very like general negative but i think against a team like the cardinals and this is it's hard to like say this because and the cardinals only scored 16 points at a short field for one of them and like they they never really had a chance to take the game so the Niners defense did their job, but still 16 points for Arizona is, is not great. And I think, you know, the Arizona rushing attack was largely bolstered by the fact that Josh Dobbs was scrambling a ton. So he had 12 carries. He was the lead. He had the most carries of any Arizona player, but James Conner averaged 4.7 yards per carry. That's not great. Obviously. It's limited attempts, so the efficiency numbers kind of don't get skewed by running it a ton, and teams kind of preparing for that. But Dobbs, 41 pass attempts, that's kind of standard for this team. You know, This team being playing against the Niners, most teams will have to abandon the run because you're just in a hole and you have to come back. 265 yards and two touchdowns, that's a lot to get against the 49ers. I think the 49ers allow two 20-plus-yard receptions, against the Cardinals when they hadn't allowed any in the previous three weeks. Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, finished with ninety-six yards. The rookie Michael Wilson finished with seventy-six yards and two touchdowns. Zach Ertz, he got a lot of yards in garbage time, but 53 yards himself. And I think if I had to acutely pinpoint what I was frustrated with, it was the secondary opposite like Mooney Ward. Mooney Ward kind of got hosed on a pass interference that that was the, the
0: cheapest pass interference. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that kind of, that was no fun. I, but other than that, I thought he played like pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. But he always plays pretty well. But the Niners rotated Ambry Thomas back in the game. I don't know why. I think the rationale I read was that Rondale Moore was in the slot a lot. So they thought Lenore was a better matchup there. But Thomas got cooked by Michael Wilson like multiple times and little teaser about a future article that may, may be in the works, but this (laughs) second secondary spot is a really big deal for a team that, that might actually be its only weakness is CB two right now. And against the Cardinals, it doesn't matter because everything else works, but you look at playing, the Cowboys this week, and you have CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, and Brandon Cooks. You look at, most importantly, the Eagles come week 13, and most certainly the playoffs, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. You look towards the AFC, and if the Bengals somehow have a magical turnaround, it both three, three elite receivers. The Chiefs, you know, have their whole host of problems. The Bills are going to throw Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. When the Dolphins Waddle and Hill, like even like like just think about the how the what we're talking about the 49ers' offense and how many weapons they have and how you can guard them all. The 49ers' second cornerback spot is just not good enough. Yeah. And I understand like for a roster construction over like the long term, that's fine. Like that is what it is. You spend money in a lot of places. Some positions you're gonna have to be like we can't be elite everywhere. And this is kind of the position they've chosen on this team with the hope that there's internal improvement. But I mean, the Cardinals should not be putting up 265. Regardless of how like smartly they game planned and how they used a couple of fourth-down conversions to keep drives extended for longer, both of which were very close. Like there's just you can't let these players do this well against you because there will be better players and bigger moments where your offense won't be so good to bail you out. And I think if we just think about like, what, what does the game against the Cardinals really mean beyond the like almost inevitable victory? It's what did they learn? How did they get better? And I think they're learning that. I don't know if that second cornerback slot is going to hold up. That might be a position. If the right player comes along, they should be, looking to upgrade from because you don't want to be in a situation in February or January and you think to yourself, if we had just made this one move, we wouldn't have lost this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Um, I should note, and I just did quick math while you were, uh, while you were talking there, they gave up 60 of those passing yards on that final drive uh, that started with the two right after the two minute warning when that ended on fourth down with 12 seconds to play. So you know, some context is a little bit necessary. I think there, you know, to the garbage time and stuff. So if we take those numbers away, then he was actually just a hair over 200 yards passing. But I know, but I, but I definitely sort of agree with you. And it is weird to think about like a team that has won all by, what did I, what did I just look at? They're over they're, They're over 16 and a half points, uh, spread per game that they've won so far now obviously the one glaring outlier there is the is the rams game where they only won by seven uh, much to the chagrin of of some some betters that week as i understand it but they've you know they've won every other game by 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 14 or so excuse me 18 or more points which is just crazy right like that's those are quite some points some point spreads um so their average the average amount of that they're they're beating teams by is very high. Um, and you also look at like overlying like points against numbers. They're still third in the league in points against um, only fifth in the league in yards in, in total yards given up through four through four games. And so you look at that and you're like, OK, well, those are pretty good numbers, right? You'll probably win a Super Bowl with that. But you also have to take a look at the fact that eh, the, the quality of opponents so far has been not the highest that they're going to see. Um and so uh, I think it's important to um to just kind of think about those things um and to 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 consider what the what the issues might might be uh, there. But I th- I think you're right. Um, I, I'm concerned about the fact that the Cardinals were able to put out a uh, put out a game plan. It didn't work for them because they're not as talented as, as, uh, as other teams that the 49ers will face. I think if they run into a situation like next week, like this week against the Cowboys or against, uh, the Bengals, if they figure out <laughs> how to play football again, um, even a team like the, the Jags or the Seahawks or the Eagles or, or something, or, or, or the Ravens later in the year, are those teams going to be better at. Finding those little holes and, and kind of taking advantage of them, and yeah, maybe that means they're going to need to figure out a way to improve uh, the second quarterback cornerback option. And so maybe there's a way to do that. I I don't know. I think the best way to do that is to go find a better player on a team that's that's struggling. Um, maybe that's what you were alluding to earlier. I think, but um, there's, there's a is... certain there's a guy <laughs> in Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah if he ever yeah. came available. I mean. <laughs> It's it's I don't want to say it's over.
0: You got to play the games. But right. It's over. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think I think that's not the word. this team has shown. And at least the thing that we can we can say here is this this organization has has shown since Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch have been there. By the way, we didn't even mention the fact that they signed multi-year extensions Um what was it technically before the season started, but it was announced last week. So that's really good. Good news um, to hear. Um, but uh, they have shown at at the very least, if they feel like they're in the hunt and they feel like they're short, a player at some particular position that they'll figure out a way to make that, to go and get that guy. They brought an Emmanuel Sanders in 2019. Cause they were like, our receiving core, not so good. Like we need some, we need, we need help. And he made a big difference. And if Jimmy Garoppolo had not overthrown him, he probably would have scored a touchdown in the Bowl And they probably would have won the thing. Um, but that's another thing. Um, last year they were like, Hey, we're, our offense is scuffling. Let's go get Christian McCaffrey. And in spite of certain uh, <clears throat> sports television networks, opinions about that trade, it seems to be working out a little bit pretty well. Right. Um, <laughs> what a, I don't know if you saw Kyle, uh, I think t- Tim Kawakami tried to ask Shanahan like a theoretical about what would happen if the trade didn't happen. And, and Shanahan was like, nope, 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 Nope. We don't talk about that, um, <laughs> which is just hilarious to me. But I, I feel like even though that's a, that's a weakness and that's something that I was, I was concerned about for sure um, is better team might have been able to take more advantage of that of those small relatively small weaknesses in the 49ers team because um, you can you could probably say the same thing about like the pass rush which is which is not as effective in getting to the quarterback in the sack department although they did they did create pretty good pressure and you could you could probably focus there but I don't think they're going to go out and trade for, for an elite pass rusher opposite Nick Bosa but they could probably find a high end um, cornerback on the trade market. And I feel like if they look at and they look at the team and they go, yeah, that's the thing that we're missing. That's the one thing that's going to maybe keep us from winning a Super Bowl. I, I feel pretty confident they'll figure out a way to go and do it. Um, the other frustrating part about that Ambry Thomas thing was that right before he gave up that first touchdown to Michael Wilson, who was a man, a guy that I'd never heard of before this game started. Um, it was frustrating because he made a really nice, he he, he had really good coverage on the play before it. Um, and I was like, all right, good job. He's great. And then he immediately got burned and we have a touchdown on the next play. That, frankly, I was a little skeptical about whether or not he actually got his feet in, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I agree. This team, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, have shown that they'll make the move if necessary. I think in a weird way, it's a little... It's a li- I worry only a little that After having not had a first-round pick for two years because of the Trey Lance trade, you they get into a situation where they're like, "We're so good everywhere. Do we need to make this addition if it becomes available?" And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. This is kind of like absent the Cardinals game now, but maybe this says the most about like what like the Cardinals game really meant because I mean, if we're being honest here, right. Like they didn't lose to the Cardinals like the Cowboys did. Right. So they like won by so much. (laughs) It's like,
0: yeah, that's the funny part is they won the game, like pretty much going away. And other than that, very short period where they're only up by five, they were pretty much controlling the game. And so, and we're sitting here talking like they lost. It's just, it's just kind of funny.
1: (laughs) There's, they are so good right now that it feels like every game they've played even the Steelers game it felt like they could have been so much better and that's that's an insane position to be in but i guess that's the standard they've set
0: yeah absolutely um when your offense puts up that puts up those kind of numbers and the defense as is you know, it's. I don't think this is the best version of the defense that they've had since Shanahan has been there. Um, I think there's still some tweaks that they're working out and trying to figure out what's the best way to utilize certain things, and obviously, figuring out if there's a way to to shore up the cornerback position a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but this this offense seems to be working on another level compared to to really anything that we've seen since Shanahan has been here, and I think. That's the most exciting thing to me. I don't know about you, but like when they, without even questioning it, like when they went for that fourth down really early in the game and it didn't even seem like there was a hesitation. I was like, all right, like, okay, let's do like Kyle Shanahan finally feels comfortable with the, with the offensive pieces that he has just be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Fourth down. Um, Cause like, it's like you said, like you feel pretty confident that they, anything within like they can get four or five yards anytime they want pretty much. Right. And mm-hmm. that has not been the case with this team in a lot of, there's been a lot of years where you're just like, Oh gosh, they can't even get fourth and two. Like they hand the ball off. They're really for, for as creative as Kyle Shanahan is sometimes he just looks like I'm calling the plays up there. Right. But man, he's just like, he's been in his bag so far this year. I think that's pretty safe to say, um, And the offense is just doing the job and you feel really confident about it. At least, I mean, I do, I feel really confident in the, in the fact that they're pretty much going to do whatever they want to do at this particular point. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of confusion or a lot of like, Oh, nope, they can't do it. I mean, that was the end of the first quarter. And they went for it on fourth down at the Arizona 39. Like that's just nuts to me. Like the first quarter, they were just like, Nope it's a zero it's we're up by seven points we need more and so they did and then they scored another touchdown so it's just wild to me
1: yeah i mean if we if we really want to talk about like things that have excited me the most it's shanahan kind of so did i ever buy and really like believe that it was important that he trusted his quarterback i was always like that's kind of silly but i mean there's a direct correlation to like Jimmy Garoppolo playing versus Trey Lance playing versus Brock Purdy playing and Shanahan getting more and more and more aggressive. And it mm-hmm. goes in that order too. Like when it was Lance in the couple of games, he was he was starting. Like there were a lot of decisions. I was like, man, I did not know Kyle Shanahan would do that. But now with Purdy, it feels like if we can just like put the nail in, we're doing it. And I don't care Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And maybe it's a byproduct. I mean, no NFL coach is going to say, we're just like, Oh, I accept like Sean Payton, apparently, but (laughs) coach is going to say we're just like better than these guys. And we're so much better than them that I don't even like, it's not even a discussion. Right. Like I'm not even thinking about, (laughs) but that maybe it's because he's felt that he's, his team is that much better i don't know against the cowboys will be interesting to see kind of what his um what his attacking approach is
0: like yeah for sure um i think that's as, as good a, a spot as any to to wrap this one up unless you have any other final thoughts as you are want to do uh here at this this is your like your your second spot so we got the the aksha's betting corner at the beginning and then your your final words of, of wisdom here at the end so any uh final parting words that's a lot of pressure now. Um, Well,
1: I I think, you know. You
0: do it so well all the time, so.
1: I think for me to think about, like, our discussions, and I came into, like, us talking about this, being like, I'm going to be really critical about this team, because, like, as we've been alluding to basically the entire, like, the entire episode, it's not important that they win this game. It's important that they are a team that can win the Super Bowl. And everything that's happening this year, it's all about how can they get better to win the Super Bowl. That's all. And, you know, there's something to be said about winning through adversity and not playing your A game. But what makes this game against the Cowboys coming up and what made these like earlier games against opponents who probably aren't going to be a real threat to them trying to win it all is that you saw the things they can rely on and you saw like what it looks like when things can go wrong. And they still put up double digit like victories, but it's the games against the Cowboys now, then the Browns defense afterwards. And then you have the Eagles, Seahawks sandwich, the Ravens, the Bengals, if they ever figure it out. Like these are the tests where I think it's safe to say the 49ers were the best team on the field talent-wise the last four weeks. Do I think that's true this entire year? Yeah, I think the 49ers have the most talented roster in the NFL, but it's now you're getting to games where you can't just say we're so much better, we'll win. And this is where they're really going like to start to grow and build themselves into the team that can walk in if they need to to philadelphia and come away with a victory and walk into vegas and come away with the super bowl because with how they're playing right now and the way this whole thing has been culminating together there's no other like benefits here there's nothing uh, there's no silver linings about this season they need to host hoist the lombardi trophy at the end of this and this entire regular season is all about them being in the best position possible to do that when the games actually matter.
0: I like it. So 20 and 0. That's what you're saying. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you leave out the fight in Kirk Cousins and, they'll, and you're I'm just kidding. They're they're terrible. Um <laughs> I think I feel like the NFL is going to regret putting that game on Monday night. I'm just <laughs> Just going out on the limb. Um, anyway, thanks, Akshas <laughs> good good final words. as always, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a sponsorship for some of these sections of our of our podcast. We're gonna do it. All right. um well, thank you. um as always for listening uh, to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast. part of the fan-sided podcast network, please continue to check out nine for all your latest forty nine ers news and analysis and team grades and stuff. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers.